to the Game Central podcast episode Dasuke. Yes, think of this week's episode as a beta podcast. Don't like something? Let us know. Think the podcast would be better without Gareth? Let us know and we'll see if we can replace him. But just know this, if Gareth goes, then there would be no one to edit the podcast and get it out on time. <sighs> so, on episode Dasuke today, we have news, features and reviews. Reviews of the latest game releases, such as The Witcher 3 Wild Cunt, Something About Destiny, Gareth's latest League of Legends groupie, and Don's Italian Adventure, which has taken him away for the past two weeks. Talking of Don's... Don, don't say that. Talking of Don's Italian Adventure, I have managed to get hold of excerpts from his personal diary whilst on holiday. It goes thusly. Monday 11. Italy is quite nice. Can't wait for House of Wolves released on May 19th. The expansion that will give me a reason to actually play Destiny once again. Tuesday the 12th. Ape Sun Spaghetti. It doesn't matter if House of Wolves doesn't expand upon the rich universe that Bungie has created. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't play it for the storyline anyway. Wednesday 13th. I don't see it as a con really. I'm getting some new encrypted engrams. What is everyone else getting? Exactly. Thursday 14th. Yeah, the dart below was a bit disappointing, but I'll never tell that to anyone. It's my secret. Can't wait to get new weapons to go with my old ones. I wonder what kinds of weapons I'll be able to get my hands on. I know they'll be worth the hours of grinding. Friday the 15th. Still in Italy, went and looked at some fantastic views and found out some absolutely fascinating information regarding Italy. Destiny in Italian is destino. Almost makes the trip worthwhile in the end. Saturday 16th. I wonder if I'm the top Destiny player in Italy. Definitely top in most hours played. I miss Destiny and I miss my Destiny online community. I'm wondering what they're doing. Playing Destiny, I suppose. Lucky bastards. Sunday 17th. Work still haven't called to find out where I am. It's upsetting that no one notices me. I had to rub my bell end against my copy of Destiny that I took with me just to get aroused last night. Don, this really is a fantastic journal. But unfortunately, we do not have the time nor the inclination to go into any real detail. Did you enjoy your holiday? Uh, can you not tell I enjoyed it just from that wonderful uh, reading of my, my, my ex? It my, sounds like something was, something was on your mind. I was uh, thoroughly excited by uh, the prospects of coming home and playing House of Wolves. I bet you were. <laughs> uh, journals are, should really be a thing of the passing game, shouldn't they? Yeah. The days where you went around and picked up journals. I mean, even in today in The Witcher 3, I was going around picking up journals. Well, you never find the whole thing either. It's no, it's segments. Always... You don't find the whole thing, so bits are missing, and you go, well, what's the point? Wouldn't that be <laughs> better, though, if you found somebody's entire diary co- covering an entire year of their life that you had to read <laughs> all the way through? If some developer went to that trouble and filled in a diary for a whole year, I would absolutely love that. <laughs> yep, that would be, be amazing. Especially if no one bought the game. They've spent all that time <laughs> compiling. <laughs> no one that is fantastic. Uh, do you feel suitably re-energised and ready to face the world, though, Don? Oh yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been good to get away. It was kind of like a, well, both of ours really, both of mine and Rosie's real first kind of actual proper holiday holiday. 
Uh, oh, that's pretty sad. Yeah, it's both sad and nice <laughs> that we got to it, <laughs> finally. Well, I've never been out, on holiday. Turns out holidays are good. Who knew this? I don't know. And, yeah, quite relaxing, a lot of drinking, a lot of eating. Expensive. Basically chewing out. A lot of what? Expensive. A lot of money, but <laughs> yeah. totally worth it. You know, um, you could probably could have covered again, the whole holiday for the 10. cost of that spoon that you bought. <laughs> Well, funny you should say that, because yeah. um, <laughs> we could have covered the cost of one of us going for the cost of that spoon. Yeah, that's pretty In good. its entirety. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, yeah. Flights, Fantastic. everything. Yeah. But, you know, looking back, you got the better deal. We got to hang out with Yuri Geller. Yeah. Uh, I Ivan don't see, there's it. no downside to this. Plus, now you have, that spoon, you have that spoon forever now, whereas that yeah. holiday's gone. You can't ever do that again. That holiday is just memories and photographs and... Uh, <laughs> the <more>. Photographs. <laughs> Did you have any idea? Obviously, when you first met her, you must have had some kind of inkling. Of what? You know, but sometimes <laughs> the you don't notice. The you've seen online of her. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody listening to this podcast will know what you're talking about. Don's yeah, Don's girlfriend has very nice glands, uh, <laughs> and these glands are used by mothers to suckle their young. But oh. in the few, in the in this day and age, they've been taken to a more erotic extreme. Um, I just like the smoothness of them. They kind of look like oh god. No, but you know sometimes people, they get like a few stretch marks or skin's kind of thing, or you get a few oh, veins dear. or anything like that. They were just porcelain. Like, just so smooth. She, she is literally perfect in that regard, yeah. Yeah, and that's just crazy. Like, I could just imagine your face in them. <laughs> well, but, you, could, you could have to imagine it because you wouldn't be able to see my face in them because uh, no, it would literally disappear. Absolutely fantastic. And we're going to give away a signed copy of one of those photos uh, <laughs> for a lucky listener. Uh, but tell her congratulations. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I think she she knows you're a fan. Yeah, I've got that from your comments. It wasn't just me though in the comments though. No, she uh, you know she's used to it. She's used to it. A lot of people, maybe workmates and people like that. Like, Whoa, because sometimes you don't notice, do you? <laughs> like when people come to work every day and it's like they've got their top on. I'm not saying she had her top off. <laughs> I'm just saying they have like their t-shirt on, or whatever, and you don't really notice it until it's too late. Until it's too late. Yeah, but there you go. Good on you. Okay. Uh, yes, the <coughs> sorry, I just coughed. <coughs> but anyway, Gareth, you didn't leave me, and for that, I thank you. So you'll get a free pass this week from being insulted. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, have you had a good <laughs> week? Though? Yeah, it's been fine. Good. Don't worry about it. So this week sees the return of Don's hot goss Ip, which, like a blocked sewage pipe, has been building up for the last two weeks, ready to explode and shower us with the filth of Don's underhanded tactics of gaming information from some of the gaming industry's most secretive insiders. Yes, the Ellery Ip has had its time, but as this is the beta episode, it's okay. If you don't like the hot gossip <laughs> this week, let us know and we'll try our best to replace it with the Ellery Ip. Don, what have you got for us this week? Hey, it's nice to be back. It is fantastic. On Don. Don's extra hot gossip because 
this gossip comes all the way from sunny and warm and hot Italy, Italia, Bella, ciao, etc. And other Italian words. Yeah. You can literally get through life in Italy just by going ciao, grazie, ciao. ciao. You can get through literally the whole. It's a me. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> one interesting fact about Italy, which uh, is nothing to do with the gossip, but uh, something I found out when I was down there. Anyone Italian who has learned to speak English has got uh, a kind of regional English dialect accent. Like wow. there was no one who just sounded like an Italian speaking English. They all sounded like they were from England. So there was a guy who sounded Welsh. Um, Did anyone say to you, uh, uh, It's really weird. Yeah. Did anyone say, wow, la tua ragazza haseni enormi? No. (laughs) That means, wow. I know what it means. There's a few people who who upon seeing uh, me and my beloved... (laughs) Uh, made exclamations pretty much to that effect. Although some were not quite so subtle. Yeah, well, that <laughs> means in Italian, Gareth, wow, your girlfriend has massive breasts. Ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a very polite way of saying it. It is. Yeah. It's yeah, good. You've got, to be, uh, you've got to be polite. Ah, they are a polite people, but they, yeah. do, they do stare. Were any, was anyone trying to um, romanticise her? Because the Italian men, although they have long, greasy hair, they are known for their romance. They, they do have that kind of reputation, I suppose. But uh, yeah. no, not really. They were all remarkably polite. It was mostly uh, looks and uh, the odd, looks just, of... just the odd complimentary word as they passed. Yes. I think it was complimentary anyway. It was in Italian, but I've no way of knowing. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it. Oh, you do. Anyway, while I was on my lovely trip today, we down at the, uh, down the coast one day, having a cheeky... Pers- it's not che- I hate that phrase, cheeky something, that's bullshit. Yeah, it was no, not cheeky about it at all. I was on fucking holiday. It wasn't cheeky at all. It was totally supposed to no. be happening, and it did. It's justified. Totally justified. So we were sat down there having a Prosecco and a bit of pasta down by the uh, down by the, the sea. Very nice it was too. Nice, hot and sunny. How did that work out? Did you get a takeaway from like Marks and Spencer's? <laughs> no. What? Marks and Spencer's. You know, you get the pasta shells. Yeah. Quite lit Marks and Spencer's. That's French, I think. I've not been anywhere. That's that's <laughs> quite quite French. Yeah. Um, but God, I always forget what I'm talking about whenever you You're talk. You're by the city eating pasta for some reason. Yes, we were, and uh, a gentleman. Uh, who obviously was also on his his holidays there because uh, he was wearing uh, a straw hat, uh, those shorts which are kind of too long for some people. They don't really suit you, but you wear them. <laughs> uh, and also, um, not me. And also um, uh, a pair of shades that um, don't really suit anyone uh, who hasn't doesn't live in the 1970s. Was it Gary Glitter? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. Turns out this guy was actually Japanese. Wow. Unbelievably, the man was Japanese. But huh. uh, he spoke he spoke really broken English, but he, I think what he thought we were Italian. So he was kind of trying to do his version of broken kind of Japanese English, but with an Italian accent, thinking we... Wow, that's complicated. He was really... Uh, it's, it's, it was really complicated stuff. But, yeah. but he kind of, you know, we ended up chatting to him. He seemed like a friendly fella. I bought him a Prosecco because, you know, it's just a dumb thing when you're over there. When in Italy, you know. When in Rome, uh, we weren't in Rome, so that's a pointless quote. Um, anyway, we got a chance and turns out he only uh, makes games for a living. Amazing. No. What a 
Total coincidence. I know, amazing, right? And, you know, we got chatting about games and stuff. And how because obviously he'd podcast. heard of you from being well, on this podcast. Well, he's, he, he, yeah. he, has, he has now. He's probably listening now. Hello. Um, grazie. Buongiorno. Um, but it turns out he was on holiday because he was actually <clears throat> between jobs so uh, okay. he was kind of taking a bit of a hiatus from work while he was looking for you know his next his next bit of employment um, which all sounded very sad and he said yeah he'd been sacked just kind of oh, quite ceremoniously and he was looking forward to making this uh, this new game um, with this uh, this guy who sounded foreign Del Toro, like a, it sounds like a kind of Spanish, like a, you know, bullfighter, like a bullfighter, yeah. Del Toro. Yeah. Uh, he sounded like that, but that's weird because like the name Del Toro, Toro is kind of Spanish, but he pronounced it with a weird Japanese Italian accent, kind of like in English. Del Toro, but it's yeah. uh, but it's a bit weird. But anyway, it turns out he hated this guy, um, and wow. he was actually quite glad uh, that uh, he got out of doing this uh, this particular game. Which I was surprised at, because I'd heard that uh, these two particular individuals had got on particularly well. Yeah. Turns out turns out he hated his guts and um, had threatened him at one point with uh, physical violence. And uh, a knife. So they'd, uh, yeah, so apparently uh, he decided to try and calm down. He'd been very stressed, apparently. Didn't mean to actually threaten him, but he didn't like the guy very much. Took it out on him. Bug it off on holiday. So, um, yeah. There, there you go. go. And uh, this it. guy's uh, obsessed with breasts. He it's he was paying my girlfriend a lot of attention. I mean, he's he had sunglasses on, but you know how you can if you once your eyes are adjusted to the light, you can kind of see people's eyes behind the shade sometimes when the yeah. lighting is just that right. You could tell he's he was looking at me with his glasses, but his eyes were definitely well, somewhere else. They were they were towards my. That's disgusting. But anyway, thanks for that, Don. That's that's quite right. That's pleasure. very nice. Yeah, yeah. Interesting experience. And that is Don's hot gossip. Well, it's time for the news. Uh, it's been quite a slow news week, and this is probably because, Gareth, not being rude, but E3 is next week. Uh, so, not next week, but in June. So, that means that towards, more towards the end of this month, everything will start getting leaked. Yeah. Uh, but God of War 3 remastered video shown. Now, if there was one game we don't want to be remastered, it's that of God of War. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I actually watched, I watched this, the, 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 uh, the remastered kind of boss fight between uh, Kratos and Hades. They're all Italian. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kratos and the Hades. Um, uh, at the, you know, because it's always the 1080p, 60 frames a second stuff. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I literally can't tell the difference. No. Um, and I kind of, just watching that, that boss fight, I kind of already feel like that that fighting mechanic, I hate using the word mechanic for some reason. It sounds like I'm yeah. talking about someone fixing my car. Mm. Um, but that fight in a style the way you know we all know about his Blade of Chaos but I just it just seems a bit old now I don't know yeah but the thing Something is about Don, it doesn't quite feel like next gen yeah. you know don't get me wrong I've got nothing against mythical Greek uh, gods but the thing is it's not a game that neither requires nor uh, asks for this upgrade uh, it was nice looking before one of the best looking games on PlayStation 3 uh, the combat doesn't need... It's not the same as DMC where it needs that split-second timings so at 60 frames per second would benefit in any way. Yeah. 
I just think, you know, it'd be nice to have, nice to play. But again, I think it was also the weakest in the series. I didn't play Ascension. By then, I'd already gone off the game. But I'm starting to wonder whether this is, you know, developers putting games out again to just gauge people's interest in the actual series. To see if it's it's worth actually setting in and developing a a next instalment. Yeah, they're also picking up on... I think something we've mentioned before that uh, a lot of people have moved from Xbox to PS, uh, PS4. PS4. Um, yeah. So they kind of they would have skipped the PS3 because they'd have had an Xbox 360 more most likely, and then probably not have a PS3 as well. So they're kind of doing a lot of the games seem to be doing that. They're the ones that people probably missed on the PS3, so they're bringing them out on the PS4. So it, yeah, you know, it kind of makes sense that the games they probably would have wanted to play but missed are coming out. But then you think, well, you need to have Uncharted 2 and 3. Uh, oh, I'd love that. would be a lot better, that would, Don. Yeah, because uh, the two games, that, was there two games or only one game? I think there was one game that really tempted me to get a PS3 at one point, and that was Uncharted 2. Um, Brilliant. But uh, it wasn't enough to uh, make me buy a whole console for. But uh, yeah. if it came out on PS4, I'd certainly be interested in, in playing it, because it's meant to be a well good, isn't it? Meant to be a well good Except game. Except you've not played The Last of Us yet. I have not played The Last of Us, no. <laughs> this is very true. But, okay. um... Uh, <laughs> you've <laughs> caught the accent while you've been over there, Don. <laughs> I, <laughs> I practiced it very carefully. That's brilliant. Okay. Uh, talking of um, Italians, uh, Nintendo reveals locations for its World Championships 2015. But as usual, it's only going to be in the US. Uh, and only about five places in America as well, which is hilarious. Yeah, but the players ages 13 and up. If I come across... No, I'm not going to say that's the worst bad thing to say. If I was up against a 13-year-old, I'd probably <laughs> look at him and really sort of insult him and make him upset and not want make to play Make him cry. Me. Literally make that's him How is a... 13-year-old child going to go up against a grown man of, say, 42. The, <laughs> you know, as a 13-year-old, they should have it in age sections. You know, it would just be upsetting. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't like to play a, a grown-ass man, even if it was computer games when I was 13 years of age. Well, I suppose it depends what games they're playing. I think there's some, they're using some of the NES classics yeah. think, for one of the stages, at least. And uh, you'll probably find the older people might be better at those because they've had access to those consoles and stuff, whereas a lot of the younger kids won't have. Um, but this, is this the same thing they brought back that was featured in that film? Yes, we've Fred already Savage? spoken about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I must have missed that last week. Sorry. Yeah, well, I you apologize. Were I am very sorry. Fantastic. Uh, Doom reboot ahead of its E3 debut. Uh, I think, Gareth, that this is only a few seconds long, isn't it, this teaser? Uh, all it shows, really, is an enemy character type and a man um, loading a shotgun. Can you gleam any more information from this, Gareth? You are a PC gamer. <laughs> That's true. But no, yeah. it, it's a, it's a, the definition of a teaser. You know, it gives yeah. you a little twinge, but it doesn't go all the way to getting you fluffed. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what I like to hear. But it, you know, it points towards new stuff being at E3, which we always know there is going to be. But yeah, hopefully, yeah. Rainbow Six Siege is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PS PC this October. Um, 
some people absolutely love Rainbow Six, uh, Gareth. I remember playing Rainbow Six 2, Rainbow Six Vegas 2. Uh, people found it absolutely fascinating, don't they? They love that uh, squad shooter style. And I think they've been pretty much um, starved of any sort of tactical um, shooters on the Xbox One and PS4. So it should sell pretty well. Yeah, and if you pre-order... Oh, yes. Then you get uh, access into the closed beta, which is always nice, I guess. It's always nice to be in a beta. And people, uh, like you said, love Rainbow Six, so... Yeah. Should do pretty well. And what, what date is it in October it's launching? I can't get the news story up. Uh, it is... 13th of October. 13th, okay. Hopefully that's well, not a Friday. Well, it's not a Friday. But it could be a Tuesday. That's the new sort of thing, isn't it, for... The developers to release their games and the publishers to do it on the Tuesday but uh, like I say there's, it's got a big fan following Rainbow Six especially with the uh, um, Vegas games on the Xbox 360 and PS3 a lot of people loved it um, yeah. and Siege had a lot of people in a frenzy after last E3 so. yeah because it all changed up didn't it I think it was supposed to uh, has anything really been said of the because it was called Rainbow Six Patriots wasn't it uh, that got a change, and I don't. I don't think anything's been said of the single player campaign at the moment. They're basically just saying it's their big sort of tagline is destructible environments, which is mm-hmm. all fair, fair, well and good. But I just think highly destructible environments can sometimes go against the game because it's very hard to be tactical when a guy can just come in the side of a wall and shoot you in the face. Yeah, when you say destructible, people instantly go, "Well, how destructible is it?" Let's yeah. see what we're playing with here and just play with it and see, oh, it's not actually that destructible, which is exactly. what inevitably happens. And then people start crying and then uh, we'll have another Evolve on our hands. Yeah. Or Leg- we could have so- another um, Red Faction on our hands where people are like, oh, this is actually awesome. Yeah, I can't do as much damage as I originally thought, but this is really nice. Hmm. Uh, Lego Jurassic World has been dated for June. Uh, I'm not a dress- I'm not a uh, Lego fan, Gareth, I must say. Mm. I find the games quite monotonous. I find that all they are is basically just changes, reskinned graphics to different characters, and they all pretty much play exactly the same. I mean, I can't disagree with that, but thank you. I still like them because but the don't... achievements are easy. <laughs> oh, you dirty boy! Don't you? <laughs> don't you think that they're so interchangeable that it's just ridiculous, and they almost play themselves? Yeah, but then there's like a the Lego Marvel superheroes one was really good because like you could fly around New York and stuff and yeah, but don't they get a lot of leeway in regards to critical analysis because you they could then turn around and say well, well they're supposed to be for children. Well, yeah, I mean that's the that's yeah. the sort of genius of the business model of the Lego games. Yeah, no matter how lame they are, the just as lame as the other ones that came before it that people already played, so it's kind of yeah. Well, there you go. They already have their in, but there's you know every storyline to every Jurassic Park film, mm. and it's out in like less than a month, which is kind of insane. I guess it kind of speaks to how quickly they can just churn them out, right? That they can yeah. say this will be ready in a month, and it's on everything: fucking oh, yeah, PS4, literally. PS3, fucking 3DS, Vita. Yeah, and they just say to the developers, "Have you come up with the uh, the uh, the uh, the 
texture packs for the new characters. Yep, paste them onto these models. Done. <laughs> Send it out. Yeah. There's uh, also another event. Uh, sorry, Marvel game coming later this year called Marvel's great. Avengers. So fantastic. Churning them out. Well, uh, Square Enix moves its E3 conference out of the way of Nintendo. As Ludacris said, move, bitch, get out of the way. Get out of the way, I said, get out of the way. Move, bitch, get out of the way. And do you think that's what Miyamoto may have said to uh, Square Enix? He definitely strikes me as the kind of person who would uh, say bitch quite yeah. a lot. <laughs> well, would you be scared of Nintendo? You know, I'm, I might be. I would be scared enough yeah. that Nintendo wouldn't move theirs for mine. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've got like you either get out of the way Nintendo or you run into him because they're not gonna they don't they don't care they don't care what the rest of the industry's doing they're just gonna do their own thing and they know Nintendo fans are gonna be into it. But this is what I love about E3 is just everything just stacks on top of each other. Something finishes twenty minutes later, something else starts, and you just gotta be fully paying attention to everything that's going on for the whole few days, and it's just intense yeah. and it's stacked and. Yeah, oh, Nintendo's finished. Oh, we got some details about, I don't know, Mario Maker. Okay, now the Square Enix thing's starting like two minutes from now. Just one after the other, one after the other. And I love yeah, that Yeah, it's good, though. Yeah. So much fun. And that's what it's all about. It's like uh, it's like Christmas when you're a child, isn't it? It's just finding out what you're going to be playing for the upcoming year and hopefully have some surprises in there. Um, so, But we'll start talking about E3 at a later date, Gareth, that makes more sense because I don't want to start crying. Uh, Divinity Original Sin getting an enhanced edition for PS4 and Xbox One now you lot with your PCs um, coming over here Uh with your stuff like Diablo Divinity Gothic Two Worlds all this stuff that you guys have been playing for many years suddenly starting to come over to next generation consoles Uh, why? you're very welcome what is it what is Divinity? What is it, Gav? Tell us about it. Why do we need it? Why does it have to come into our lives right now? It's a classic RPG in the style mm-hmm. of like a King's Quest or a... Maybe not King's Quest. What's it called? Like Wizardry? Baldur's Gate? Yeah, kind of Baldur's Gate-y. A very yeah. intense, like... Basically, you can do whatever you want at all times. Super hard. And then go into consoles because console gamers... Love hard things. Go on, Gareth. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, they, they, there seems to be a steady stream of these kind of PC games that are making their way over now. Um, I suppose it's because when they were originally coming around in the PC days, the current, current consoles weren't able to really deal with what was going on on the in the PC area. So there wasn't enough power on these consoles to do to justify these games so we're sort of looking at what uh, ps2 was doing at the same time as pc and pc when you look at stuff like crisis the original crisis mm. which was absolutely insane at the time it's not like that could have just been ported across easily but now we've got more powerful computers they're able to start de- co-developing these kind of games that can go across pc and across consoles now without any trouble whatsoever sure but i mean it's like also you know Consoles have never been closer to PCs, so yeah. like they basically are PCs, Gareth. Yeah, they're tiny little PCs that will only play yeah. games. It's like 
it's not so much like graphically consoles can now handle it. It's like infrastructure. Like it's never been easier to take a game from a PC, make it work for a console, which is basically just a smaller PC, and then just push that out with. It takes so much less time to take a PC game, make it work on a console, and push it out than it is to just make a console game from scratch. Yeah. So. And I think that's what they're starting to see now. Yeah, which is it's good for everyone, right? You seem to have something against this. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. It's just that there's a lot of these kind of games that I've always been aware of, but never had the chance to play. Uh, but they seem very PC-centric, and maybe there'll be those people that have had a PC in the past that are now onto console gaming that will think, oh, brilliant, I'll play Divinity. It's like Diablo. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the, well. I would have looked forward to that had I been a fan. Everyone says it's brilliant, but there's just a part of me that kind of thinks it's not my kind of game. Whereas if you've grown up in the PC, not in the PC, because then that would probably have been illegal and your parents should have been arrested, (laughs) uh, sort of stuffed in the uh, casing as a fetus to grow up, and sort of your arm and leg comes out of the casing, and then you're walking around with your body inside the casing. Kind of like, you know, when you see animals that have been... Um, sort of entwined with garbage on beaches and stuff like that. Yeah, you'd be like that. Uh, but that's absolutely nothing. There's uh, Don bringing along his lovely uh, ambient sounds in his background. <laughs> Buongiorno. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Guillermo del Toro has revealed his disappointment at the cancellation of Silent Hills. So he announced it. He revealed. Did he have a uh, teaser trailer to? Announced that he's going to reveal his disappointment at the cancellation. <laughs> that would have been brilliant, isn't it? He's just his face. <laughs> and it's just a tear slowly rolls down his cheek. <laughs> yeah, but it's in black and white and the tear is red. <laughs> yeah. And it rolls down his cheek and it cuts away to a pool and the pool is glistening and then the tear hits the surface of the pool and then it's the reflection of Hideo Kojima looking back at him. And then it would just come up May 19th. <laughs> You'd think they'd do that, wouldn't you? They're, they're, they're creative guys. But obviously that's it. Uh, he's basically saying the collaboration between Kojima and himself, the meetings and the friendship that was developed was beautiful. Maybe in a broke-back mountain kind of way. Uh, we had an agreement on where to go. Ooh, we had an agreement on how we were going to push the new platforms. We were at. They were having a blast. Um, yeah. Basically, safe word, all that stuff. I see you've got to have a safe word. Yours is probably, I'm suffocating. <laughs> <laughs> because of no. the breasts, Don. Yeah, the breasts, Don. No, I, I, I bet you just lay there until you pass out. And then she just rolls you over and goes <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. And that's Friday night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Leroy Jenkins once issued his famous battle cry in the Warcraft movie. Yep. Yeah. You know Can you tell where... us about this, Gareth? Because I'm I'm not into anything that you're into. <laughs> it's a very famous uh, video from ten years ago. Yes. On the internet, where there's uh, people planning a World of Warcraft raid, and then one guy goes, "All right, I've had enough of this," and just charges into battle. Oh yeah, I think I've seen that well, on his, his own. Famous battle cry of Leroy. Jenkins! And did everyone else get really annoyed at him? Yeah, they're all like, oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> and they all just run into this battle, 
like with no plan and just get absolutely slaughtered in like seconds. And it's yeah. Hilarious. Did anyone happen to record this and therefore it's up on YouTube? You know, it's on YouTube. Oh. Um, oh, it is. <laughs> and it's it's one of the, sort of the classic things that's on the internet. Um, classic. Classic Blizzard, World of Warcraft. <laughs> Blizzard even brought Leroy Jenkins to BlizzCon a few years ago and had him say the line on stage. Oh yeah. So he's but I thought this was that would have happened now. He would have been given his own YouTube account and he would have had his own personality and he would have just shouted his name into a microphone over and over again and he would have got like 5 million subscribers. Uh, yeah, and it would have been well deserved because he's Leroy Jenkins. Oh yes. Like Leroy <laughs> Jenkins is a big deal now. Like there's a Hearthstone card called Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So uh... What? Does that sound legit at the game, or is he just known for being gung ho Leroy Jenkins? He's known for just saying Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> oh, so you've got to have the right name to be able to pull that off. I can't do. It. Surname is one syllable, so it doesn't work. Yeah. Got to have at least a two syllable name. Yeah, you don't have to be like Don Goss. <laughs> yes, it, it kind of has a weird kind of like a musketeer going into battle kind of vibe about it instead of uh... remember that God has only got one syllable as well Don <laughs> so you're on in good company <laughs> that's true that's how it works as well oh yes that is how it works right so uh, GTA's 5 substantial story expansion uh, seems that it's not getting made which is strange because you would have expected it. But even if Rock Take Two or Rockstar even say that, there's that's no real guarantee that they're not going to make it because they could well be on their way to creating two more downloadable episodes and then have them ready for E3. That's what you have to love and respect about Rockstar is that all their employees have this code of conduct. They all stick to themselves. They all keep their secrets. And they could very well be uh, doing it. But I would love for some extra content for that world. Because it seems that it's way too big for just three characters. And it seems that there's still so much that could be done with it. Um, but oh, Maybe your wish will come true. Oh, that sounds like someone who's in they knows their business. <laughs> well, I'm not saying anything right now, but uh, I didn't just meet a, a shady Japanese man while I was oh, on yes. holiday. No, no. Did you meet yeah. the houses as well? <laughs> No, okay. I just love uh, the way this uh, GTA 5 story happened. Tell us about it, Gareth. Tell it, us what you love. They were on like an earnings call, and the CEO of Take Two was, you know, taking uh, questions from people in the call, and somebody asked him, like, you know, so what's the deal with this substantial story expansion that GTA 5 was promised? And the guy just went completely <laughs> silent. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just didn't know what to say at all. Basically, he ended up saying, like, oh, we haven't discussed any story content. And that's basically all he said. So he's probably in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Well, bless his little heart. Uh, This sounds like a game Gareth would play. (gasps) Heroes of the Storm. I don't know why you would think that. Because it it looks like something that you would absolutely love. It's top-down, everyone's running around tapping buttons and then sometimes someone falls <laughs> over. Clicky mouse which, attack. Yeah, Woo! which is yeah. right up your street. Uh, right. I have played maybe like 100 hours of it. Is this one with all the different characters from different games? 
It's all, it's the one with all the characters from all the Blizzard games. Yeah, there we go. You love this one, Gareth. And now you don't have to have an invitation. Did you get an invitation? That's nice. Yeah, I've been playing it for about a month now. Yeah, but now people are going to start coming from everywhere. Yeah, now you don't need really? a beta invite to get into the beta, so it's just going to be full of plebeians who don't know how to play Valor, and they're just going to... And you're going to take them out. Well, yeah, that's the kind of the, the bright side, is that I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm going yeah. to own some fools. I wish, I hope you do, Gareth. All the best to you. <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs> Guess who Nintendo have hired, Don? Uh, I, I know you want me to be quite excited by this. Yeah. But as I was reading through this uh, this morning when I first read this news article, my initial and sustained reaction is and continues to be, uh, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I hope we're talking about the new the same story uh, we are I, it's just a coincidence about that little that, girl that we're I, missing about what <laughs> say that again <laughs> it's just it's a joke <laughs> I didn't hear what you said well obviously you've been up saying you know after the same response I just don't care I don't and I said it was about that little girl that went missing <laughs> oh no I don't care about that either uh, get, can you uh, can you cut that out get Don Gareth, you're the one that cuts things out. See, this is what happens when we do it so late. What? Oh, well, cut right. out? I didn't think that was... Because girls go missing, don't they? Right. Say so if you had a girl that went missing. missing. Yeah, but A lot if... of them are missing. <laughs> a lot of girls aren't missing. Just remember that. Yeah, There's girls just about not missing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, talking about a girl that goes missing, Peach sometimes gets taken by Bowser. So that's a really good sort of intro <laughs> to this new story. Let's have uh, a Mrs. Peach working at Nintendo. There we go. Because uh, that would be quite funny, wouldn't it? It'd be like, oh, where's uh, uh, Jane Peach gone? Oh, uh, Doug Bowser just put him her over his shoulder and he's just taken her away. Oh, I hope Mario comes uh, in late. Oh, no, he's not in today. It's his day off. Oh, God, I don't know what's going to happen. That sort of stuff. Like banter in the office. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why, yeah. uh, why would so, you uh, say that, Rob? What, what, what would spur you on to think someone was called Doug Bowser? Well, it says it in this news article <laughs> that Nintendo have uh, a new head of sales with a name that is very familiar amongst gamers. So you can imagine him going into the interview, isn't it? And sort of, sort of trying not to laugh. And you can see the people interviewing him. They're kind of laughing as well. And it's kind of like they just nod at each other because they both know. Because obviously they've got his CV or resume, as Don likes to call it. Uh, they're looking at each other from across the table. They all know what's going on. And uh, suddenly the interviewer just bursts out laughing. And they all do. And it's the tension's just released. And then he gets the job without being asked any questions. Yeah. Because that's how the works. Maybe his name's not even that. He probably just put it on there to gain favour with them. <laughs> his name's probably like Norman James. <clears throat> well, that is the uh, that's the news for this week, uh, Gareth and Don. I'm really sorry it hasn't been great. Hi folks, Gareth here with your weekly video game music segment. Uh, if you thought to yourself, 
Gareth, we've already heard enough of Hotline Miami 2 soundtrack by now. You played like, I don't know, six tracks from that soundtrack like a week ago. Surely, surely that soundtrack is out of great piece of music now. And I say to you, you fool. You, you moron. I told you when I was like reviewing the game that the soundtrack is just incredible. It It's like hit after 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 miss after hit after hit and it's fantastic so there's still more gold to be mined from Hotline Miami 2 soundtrack much like this Uh, this is by an artist called Magna and it's uh, called Divide and if you've heard any music from Hotline Miami 2 by now I shouldn't have to tell you to crank it turn your headphones up all the way and just enjoy the splendour that is Divide by Magna from Hotline Miami 2 
Now, we have had many unique sections throughout our time here at Game Central. Gareth Williams, what has Nintendo boss Shigeru Miyamoto told Guy Whitlock this week via SMS text messaging service, Gareth's Drive Club, and Rob's Poetry Corner, among others. But rarely do we delve into the world of retro. This is something we aim to rectify with this new section, Tea for Two, a quintessential English melodrama an exclusive club for English gentlemen from London to get together and discuss the good old days. Sadly, Gareth is excluded because he doesn't meet the regional requirements. Also, he (laughs) isn't a gentleman. So, you got some tea there, Don? I do. Mm, I like tea. I do, I like tea. I'm going to have a little little sip of my tea now. That's absolutely fantastic. I like your uh, trachea muscles. <laughs> Thanks, they're very strong. They do, they sound like they take it down. Uh, so, Don, do you remember <laughs> toys in Syria? I'm sorry, Rob, you broke up there, my friend. Cereal. Oh. Sorry, okay. uh, sometimes it's strange that we're breaking up here because we are in a uh, tea room in Mayfair. So, yes. uh, do you remember toys in cereal? I do remember toys in cereal boxes in cereal in cereal boxes. Yeah, sometimes there'd be an <laughs> actual cereal itself. Gareth, you... you're not supposed to be here. What? I thought I could sit at the next table and just listen, yeah, just enjoy the, no. the ambience. No. You wouldn't be allowed into this exclusive tea room. I came all the way down to London. Right. Just... <laughs> well, you did a few weeks ago as well, didn't you? But you ended up in a room with some Asian guys. All right, fine. <laughs> you know, I can tell I'm not wanted here, so I'm just going to leave, yeah. and I'm not going to pay, and you're going to have to explain to this lovely waitress that I'm a scrubber, okay? Yeah, don't <laughs> shut your hair in the door on the way out. Fine. <laughs> Sorry about that, Don. Uh, sometimes they would be in the actual cereal itself, sealed in a plastic bag. Sometimes it would be between a plastic bag and a cardboard box. That's true. I which one of my favourites. Do you prefer? Sorry. Which way? Which uh, method I, did you prefer? Well, you know, me and my sisters, we used to be very excited when my mum returned home from shopping with my father, and we'd always argue about who got the toy. And I think it's a lot easier if you have it between the plastic and the box. Um, a lot of faffing around if you have to open the box and stick your dirty child hand in there. 
True, but and I, you have to kind I, of... I quite quite liked the fact that I had to pour it through and then one day the mum would just pop out and be all excited and go, look, I've got a toy in today's breakfast, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's they that's had <laughs> Uh, my favourite range was Snap, Crackle and Pop. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Snap, Crackle and Pop were, they were the face of Rice Krispies, three white Aryan race looking boys, but par elvish. Cultural diversity was definitely not on the objective of the marketing team that day. If they were updated for today, you'd probably have Knife, Crack and Pop, Pop, motherfucker. <laughs> so do you, what was your favourite uh, cereal as a child, Don? It was Cocoa Pops. And you'd get all the little animals, wouldn't you? You'd get the uh, chimp boy. You would. You get the little little animals from the jungle. Because that's not fucking the best. Brilliant, that is. Can't do it now, <laughs> so, can you? No, not anymore. Kids might choke, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. What kind of parenting is they that? They might choke. Your kid. Well, they could choke have on it. the cereal itself. Doesn't mean we have to remove the cereal, does it? No, they could choke when it's I pe- throw, you know, throw stuff at them in the street. They could choke on it. <laughs> That's a very, very so, deficient throw. There are many ways that young children could choke. Thank you very much, Don, and I've enjoyed this week's Tea for Two. Yeah, I know I share my name with Sony Storage Medium, but I can guarantee we have nothing in common. I'm here to talk about everything explicit in the world of gaming this week. For when I'm not running my tongue along plastic seats of bus stops, or pressing my ear up against women changing rooms, I like to play games. This week, I'm here to talk about the women in The Witcher 3. Mm. You can go into taverns and ask for women. What does Geralt want women for, I fear you ask? Well, take a wild guess. Sex. Looking around at lady folk in the game, some have exposed cleavages. Mm. Plus side is when you do things with women. But the downside is you can't interfere with the animals. Anyway... I have a chicken that needs stuffing in the kitchen. See you next week, everybody. And remember, sniffing isn't legal. So what have we been playing this week? Gareth, you went second last week, so you can go third this week. Don, you went first last week, so you can go third this week. (laughs) And Rob, I went last last week, so this week I can go first. And I've been playing the blockbuster that is... The Witcher Free Wild Cunt. I'm so happy to have played this game. I actually uh, was waiting in all day because I've got a condition where I get so obsessed with something. If a delivery's late or the postman's late, I can't relax. I'm up, down, you know, walking around the kitchen, sit down, play a game of FIFA, go upstairs, 
come back downstairs, think I hear the sound of a van, open its doors, I look out the window, I dart onto the balcony. You know, I can't rest until I've got it in my hands. Uh, it came through the door at 4pm, which I thought was an absolute piss take, because I could have just gone to game, and even though I would have paid about three or four pound more, I would have come home with it at like half past nine, so I could have had the whole day with it. Uh, but, you know, I tweeted Amazon to let them know my disgust. Uh, from 12am, still wasn't here. Uh, sometimes it can take up to 9pm to have games delivered, I was told. Not good enough, Amazon, I said. I'm never going to order anything from you again. I think it was just a customer. I don't think there is actually... Amazon has got a Twitter account and this gas cloud answers all your things. I think it's just some guy in a call centre probably just being given Twitter duty for the day. <laughs> so um, I put the game on, Gareth, uh-huh. and I've never really liked the Witcher games. Uh, I didn't play Witcher 1 because it was the PC Master Race. Uh, Witcher 2, I played around a friend's house. I just couldn't get on with the combat. It felt so floaty and sort of there was no impact to it, and I never really got on with it. Uh, this one, I loaded up straight away, Gareth, lighting engine. Hello. You know, <laughs> it's one of the best lighting engines I've ever seen. Uh, it's little things like the trees swaying in the wind. I've never seen trees swaying in the wind in a game before. When the wind picks up, the trees sway. And I was watching it with Becky. She was sitting next to me. She's my fiance. Um and she said, wow, I like the lighting engine. Uh, it's got the time up in the corner, so it's kind of in real time. Huh. You've got a clock, not like you didn't get one of those in Skyrim. So you've got a clock, really nice. And it uh, gets to 5 p.m. and the sun starts to set and you can kind of see the sun poking through the branches and the leaves and it kind of breaks up as you walk along, the reflection of the sun on the ground. It's absolutely fantastic and it really shows how brilliant games can look now. And the scale of it, I didn't even know it was as big as it is. Apparently it's 1.5 times the size of Skyrim. Really? And that is, yes. Yeah. It's like two Skyrims. And how do you fill a world with that much? I opened the game and there was a little thank you note in it from CD Projekt. I'm assuming everyone's got one. Uh, It wasn't just me. So I might tweet them my disapproval, saying I got really happy when I got a personalised letter saying thank you, but then I heard that everyone else got one too. So very nice, but it was still nice. It was like thank you for spending your hard-earned cash on our product, which I thought was a very nice touch. If EA or Activision did something like that, it'd probably seem that they were taking a piss, <laughs> like in quotation marks. Thank you for spending your hard-earned money on our game. Um, But the thing that gets to me, Gareth and Don, and the thing I can't shake, is that it just feels like Skyrim. Okay. It's, you know, I've only played about five, six hours so far, which I'd say is a nice chunk. You know, it's enough to get to grips with the combat. It's enough to get to grips with the way the world works. And, I mean, potions and stuff like that, they're not really explained very well. I'm I'm still quite a novice at that sort of stuff. It's telling me that I need ingredients, but it's not telling me what the ingredients are. And it's little things that like that that are just a bit confusing in this initial stage. Uh, the fire in, even though the combat system is better, it's been improved. It still feels quite slowly slow, and I wouldn't say cumbersome, but it feels like 
you know, it's too easy for the enemies to attack you. Uh, if you hit the um, hit the X button, which is fast attack, sometimes there's a little delay and it doesn't happen as fast as you would like and the enemy gets a hit in before that happens. So it's not real instant. With something like Skyrim, even though it's easily simplistic, you would get like a short sword and you know that would be quicker and you know the time frame you'd have as opposed to a great axe or a great sword when you know you'd have to give yourself, like, say, a second um, before it actually strikes with the enemy. So it's about getting um, all of that. I mean, presentation-wise, it's flawless. And, uh, you know, the way the characters talk, the facial animation is all brilliant. And there's also real-time beards as well, Gareth. So you can get a, a shave, and then a few days into the game, you'll start growing stubble, then a beard, and then you could be a hipster, which is very nice. Um, <laughs> but it's... <sighs> Sorry, got Don. I was going to say, does all the hair on your whole body grow, or is it just your beard? Uh, on your head does does as well, I believe. I, I don't yes. think you can get like your chest waxed or anything like that, or oh. your back sack crack. Oh, can't have like, a little... I think that'll be released but... as a later part, patch, yeah, have a Brazilian. <laughs> well, they, they have... They're gonna... but the... There's some free DLC coming, so hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, back sack and crack, <laughs> which could be the new snap crack on the pot. Well, you see so much <laughs> naked stuff in that game; it would make sense, right? You want it to look as attractive as possible. Yep, yeah, I want my balls to not have that sort of horrible wiry texture to them. I want them <laughs> to be just smooth, which would be nice, like pendulous oranges. But we we digress, my friends. What we want to know about is The Witcher. Now, I can see why it's been getting all these high marks. I can see why it's been getting 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, because it is technically a fantastic game. And I think what it is is the combat system takes a lot of getting used to. Uh, Like I said, it's not as precise as I'd like. Playing something like Devil May Cry, obviously I I would never expect it to reach those standards. But when I have a fight and... I don't believe that I'm at fault for dying. It's very hard to take. And also another sort of thing that I was talking to Don about earlier, which seems to be a really big flaw, is that Gerald has Gerald has this sense where he can heighten his senses and he can see footprints and stuff like that, and he can see distant enemies. You have to hold down the old trigger to activate this. So you're looking around, and if an enemy comes up to the side of you and starts like an attack animation, there's not much you can do to then get out of that and then block, because block is the same button. And it's almost as if he's in two states. He's in exploration mode and combat mode. And you only really enter combat mode when there's enemies nearby. Otherwise, he's happily going along with his sword sheathed. So if an enemy's coming up to your right-hand side, you've got to let go of the left trigger, let him draw his sword and then hold the left trigger so he goes into the blocking stance. And sometimes by then it's too late. And I'm playing on a harder difficulty, which means an attack from an enemy can take about half of a chunk of life away from me. So it's very hard to take when things like that happen, and it seems such a big overlook on their behalf. But there's so much going on that it's literally going to take a while to get to grips with everything there's the whole herb stuff and combat and magic and i think where the witcher stands apart from skyrim is 
with Skyrim, that was all optional. You know, you could go down the route of creating potions and buffers for your character, and you could dabble in mages and become better at magic, or you could be a warrior. In this game, it seems that everything has to be combined. So you have to be very knowledgeable about the different herbs you can combine, potions, your magic, uh, when best to use magic, which enemies have particular weaknesses to magic, and also at the same time, be very good at combat. So I think it's going to take a while before that happens, and the system of creating potions and stuff isn't as well explained as I'd like it to be. You know, I don't. It doesn't need to be that, but there's it's so many kind of wheels and slots, and you need this and you need that, and you need this herb. And when when the game's one and a half times bigger than Skyrim, and it tells you you need a particular herb for something, it's like, okay, where do I start? <laughs> it's like it's it's hard. It's like that. It's kind of like it feels like a needle in a haystack, and at times you can kind of feel like. Well, I just want to do the missions. I don't want to go off looking for a particular herb that I'm going to need to create a health potion because I literally have no idea. And if you give me some sort of uh, dying light system where you tell me on the map where a plant that I need is most likely to be in a region where they grow up in a mountainous region or whatever, that's fair enough. But if you can't tell me that... It's going to be very hard to then expect me to just go around in this world and know what to do. So I think on that side, people coming into Witcher are going to be quite, feel a bit snowed under. Uh, other than that, I think it's it's a really good game. I think the animation can sometimes be stilted, uh, like walking downstairs and stuff like that isn't as fluid as it could be. This is where something like Assassin's Creed really excels, you know, with the fluid animation. It never feels that you've just messed up. He's always grabbing onto something or holding onto something. On this, if you like fall down the side of a little cliff, you'll kind of do a weird animation and kind of carry on sliding down. But, uh, yeah, I mean, next week I'll have to come back and tell you how I've been getting on with it. But at the moment, I think I'm just blown away by the scale of it. And it seems like such a large undertaking... And there's a card game in it and stuff like that that they're really pushing. And I sat down in the pub with a guy, not in real life, but in a tavern in the game. And he started trying to explain it to me. And he was like, you know what? I just feel like chopping this guy's head off. I don't (laughs) want any more information. He's like, okay, sit down. We'll play this game of whatever it was called, Gritchin or something. You've got this card plus four and you need to put it on this particular one, but it can only go on this row, and then you've got the archers, but they can only go on this row, and your number has to be uh, equal or greater to the left side and the right side, and then you've got to take your willy out and stuff like that, and it's just overload. And I'm trying to learn the game, but you're just trying to, before you even tell me anything, you're trying to get me into this game that's included within the game, and it's like it's too much. Uh, So hopefully in a week's time or such, and I just remember what I did with Oblivion when I first got it. You know, it's not as good as Skyrim, as we all know. Yeah. But when I first got it, I hated it. And I told my sister to take it back. I said, take it back. I've left the receipt on the table because she, she worked near game station when I bought it. The receipt's on the table in the bag. Take it back and get me such and such game. She went, okay. Woke up in the morning, got up, looked on the table. It's still there, isn't it? Bloody hell. <laughs> 
useless. So I think I might as well give it another go. 180 hours later, <laughs> what do you think happened, Gareth? Uh, I think you said, man, if they can make a sequel to this with better graphics, better combat, better overall everything, then that's going to be better incredible. Yeah. And I think that's basically what um, The Witch is going to be. And it's hard because we always say that, you know, oh, wouldn't this be great on next generation consoles? But looking at The Witcher 3, I'm just feeling the same as I did when I played Skyrim because you have those rose-tinted specs. Obviously, if you put them side by side, you're going to notice that The Witcher 3 is clearly the better game uh, graphically. But in my mind's eye, when I think of Skyrim, I always think of these sweeping vistas and standing on top of a mountain and seeing a dragon circling down below. So I think The Witcher has got this hard thing because it's got to overcome what Skyrim did. And I've got so many happy memories of Skyrim. It's hard for The Witcher to not feel contrived in that sense. Um, I know maybe Witcher came along before that. I don't know what Witcher 1 and Witcher 2 were doing in regards to their worlds. But I think fighting a griffin and stuff like that, it was very similar to fighting a dragon. And it's you feel like saying, okay, it's a beautiful game, you're nice, but please show me something I haven't seen before. And I know we talk about this happening in lots of other games, but surprise me. Do something different. And I'm not I'm yet to see it. I'm blown away by the graphics, like I say. But when you become an old man like me, you realise it's not all about the graphics, it's not all about the looks, it's about what's underneath. So I have a question. Go on, Gary. Um, because you and I both tried Witcher 2 and went into it. Um, so at what point did The Witcher 2 lose you? Um, it was basically once you started getting into the combat and you felt that there wasn't... It's not that there wasn't any real depth to it. It just didn't feel satisfying enough. And I thought, if you expect me to do this for 100 plus hours, it's just not going to be... I mean, Skyrim wasn't the best, but it was functional. And you had that impact of when you hit someone with a big sword, it felt like it hurt them. Yeah. Um, with The Witcher, when I was first playing, it felt very floaty, and it wasn't particularly a world that um, I was interested in spending time in. You know, And I felt that I hadn't played Witcher 1, so maybe I missed out a bit. So already I wasn't planning on investing time into it. And I sat down with it, and it just wasn't drawing me in. And I think I was playing it after I'd played Skyrim. So it wasn't really a fair com- uh, conflict between the two games because obviously Skyrim would have won out. Yeah. But it seems that this is them trying to push it up a notch. And you can tell it's there and you can tell it's going to be brilliant. But it's just all of the information is a bit of a brain fuck. <laughs> and it, it does feel like that. It feels that you know that you're trying to learn 10 things at once that are integral to the game. Yeah. They're not sort of, oh, this is a mage's guild quest. You could do this whenever you want. doesn't matter if you do it or not, but you can do it if you ever get bored or you fancy going down that route. With The Witch, you get the impression that you're going to need to be very up on your information of herbs, potions, particular potions. There's sort of ways that you can give yourself different buffers give yourself different armaments and stuff like that and then you've got the whole magic thing so at the moment it seems very impenetrable but i will penetrate it okay the reason i ask is because i had the exact same experience with witcher 2 i was like okay this is interesting the second combat started i was like nope don't want anything yeah, to do with in this that castle siege wasn't it 
Yeah, and it's just. Like, I don't know if that was it for you. Yeah, uh, it just put you off. Yeah, so I've, I've been thinking about maybe trying The Witcher Three, but I, the only person I know who tried Witcher Two and wasn't into it in the same way was you. So I was going to ask you if you were enjoying yeah. Witcher Three because then maybe it's also going to work for me as well. I mean, the combat is it's 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 an improvement. You can tell it's an improvement, yeah. just the way it handles. But at the same time, it still feels a bit clumsy, and I don't know if that's because I'm new to playing it and I've got to work it out how to use it best. But sometimes you'll have a pack of wolves in front of you, and you don't want to lock on to one in particular because they can surround you. But you'll be fighting them all, and they'll all be in front of you. But because you're somehow pressing a different button, you'll cast a spell behind you. He'll turn around and just shoot a fireball behind him. Okay. And that's very frustrating because then you have to wait for your magic to go up again and why you're being attacked by wolves. And it, you can't really understand why it's happening because you're facing the way the wolves are. You're doing this, but for some reason he just turns around and shoots his fire behind him. And it's like, okay. And it's little things like that that are just frustrating. I'm playing it on a harder level. And mistakes like that just cost you your life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep giving it a go. Okay. And to see how it goes. So, Gareth. Uh, don't you mean Don? Don, what have you been... No, he hasn't been playing anything. How's Destiny of Wolves or whatever it's called? <laughs> uh, I've not had that long, uh, long with it really, because obviously I've been on holiday and... Uh, um, and it only came out yesterday. And it only came out like last <laughs> night, so um, yeah. Um, but from what I've seen so far um, it's looking pretty good there's a whole other social space there's a whole bunch more bounties <gasps> and missions um, I've not been in the prison of elders yet because I've not finished the story missions yet um, which you need to do that before you go in there but everyone who's been in there says it's brilliant um, so I'm trying to avoid spoilers by not watching any YouTube videos or <laughs> reading stuff on the internet and people's comments on Twitter and stuff like that so um, but apparently it's really really good um, and all the people I know who are in it, I seem to really like it. So the sooner I can uh, get some get some time on there, the better. I'm sorry. It seems that you don't see them as human beings anymore. You said all the people that are in it, like that they inhabit this game world. <laughs> well, they it only exist like... when I play Destiny. Outside of Destiny, these <laughs> people cease to it, exist. Yeah. So yeah. they are kind of in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the the new level system is a lot better than it was before um, uh, for all your weapons and you can upgrade any legendary gear now um, to the max level um, when you get certain items to do so which is good because now not everyone's running around with the same armour on everything because there's previously only one set of armour that could be max level now a whole shitload of stuff can be so you can have pretty much any combination of armour to be max level um, see so a bit more personalization. it's almost like an actual game now it's almost like they're making it into a bit more of an actual thing, game thing. So yeah, and the story, the story of the House of Wolves at the moment is is pretty good. It's, they, they've obviously looked at it and gone, we need an actual story with some kind of point and, and, a, and an actual conclusion. There's no, there's no way. <laughs> so, so they've actually kind of gone, yeah, we can't leave people hanging again because they will literally murder us. So. They can't. Um, they can't do it. It's like if you look at somebody with their leg blown off, you don't walk <laughs> up to it and put a plaster on. Well, you do walk up it's to not, them and go, mate, you can have a prosthetic limb. Now That's not what this is, though, is it? 
Now you can get about a lot better. You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> that's what you. That's what you do, mate. Don't just sit there with your stubby leg. They've got robotics these days, all kinds, hydraulics, all kinds of shit these days. Blades, you can go running, be one of them blade runners. You know, it's not the uh, disadvantage it used to be in the olden days. Well, d- a bit of DLC that comes after the main story isn't going to do that. It's not a prosthetic leg. The thing, it's, 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 the story stuff's kind of weird, though. They, I say weird. It's not kind of after the story because the story didn't properly conclude. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not okay. like, you know, it's not like an epilogue or something like that. It's, it's, Keep you know, selling they, it, Dom. <laughs> but, but it's true though they, they, they've kind of it's really weird I mean you you meet the queen in the reef once in the, the main game and you go hang on this whole area which is a whole kind of planet sized bit on a map there is nothing there that's probably when, the most interesting bit of that game but it is you've, you've done this you've done you, you do the, this this one mission where you all you do you don't even do a mission on the on, in the reef during the main game you go there to speak to the queen and then a cinematic plays out and you go and do what she asks and you go back and another cinematic plays out and that's it. You never go back there ever again and you can't go there. You know, the map where you can go to any mission when you've completed the game, you know, all the four other planets are there. But you go to the reef, it's just a blank space. But so it's like, well, <laughs> there's so much more that could have been had in there. But the, and the queen also was the part where you got through the story and went ah oh, there's all this backstory and there's all this subterfuge going on and ah oh, she's actually she, she's kind of revealing but not revealing too much about certain things and she knows secrets and stuff go okay cool so the story's gonna open up now it's gonna be some more stuff and a deeper kind of story to go through and a bit more complexity and stuff but instead the story just ends and <laughs> doesn't go anywhere with that whatsoever so that whole stuff with the Queen is now what they're able to kind of go into and go, right, the Queen alluded to all this stuff and now we're adding on the DLC, which kind of then expands on stuff you were kind of hinted at in the actual story. That's kind of what it seems to be that's that's happening. And even, in fact, with the first DLC, The Dark Below, you've got the Eris Maul character. Um, after you've killed Crota in the raid and you've finished all the story missions, she has all these little snippets of... Um, speech when you're just hanging out and buying bounties off and stuff, alluding to the fact that Crota's got brothers and sisters and the, you know this kind of uh, Oryx who's kind of their father essentially is still alive and it's like well all these bits they're kind of just leaving lying around so if they want to in the future they can just pick up and go right our uh, Crota's sisters are going to come back for revenge now and they'll do a whole bit of DLC with Crota's sister coming back to do something. It feels like that's kind of what they've done, and they've left it so open-ended with so many threads um, left untied that they just can just add on DLC based on a bit of speech that came out of uh, uh, one of the uh, non-player characters at one point uh, in the beginning of the story. Um, so yeah, it is slightly weird in that sense when you look at the story. Um, it's not a, it's not a straight narrative by any means. Um, but so far, um, House of Wolves is a shitload better than uh, the first DLC, um, and um, hopefully, when I'll be, I'll have done the rest of it by the time I speak to you next week. I've got a feeling you can no longer hear me. <laughs> I can. Oh. I just don't know if Rob's still here. <laughs> it's all gone very quiet. I'm right. still here. Alright. So there you go. There you go. You are the welcome. Thanks, Dukes. Ciao. Thanks, Dukes.
<laughs> Thanks, Dukes. Thanks, Dad. Hi, I'm your mum-in-law. What's your name? My name's Dukes. It's short. Have you told her your name's Dukes for a laugh and it's just got her hand and you can't go back on it? Well, no, whenever I see her, she, she calls me Dukey. Oh, that's weird. Because it's no, kind of sexual fact, undertones. Well, in fact, Rosie doesn't call me Don either. I mean, I can count on one hand the number of times Rosie's used my real name in the whole, like, almost eight months we've been going out. What does she call you? Dookie. Because that's, that's what she knows weird. me as. That's how we've known she knew me. Oh, that was your name on Match.com. <laughs> <laughs> no. That was your name on Tinder. That was my name on Twitter. You met on Twitter? Yes. Don't give me that bullshit. No one meets anything on Twitter. Most of her friends that she has now, she met through Twitter. And I yeah. met her, I, I spoke to her for like three, four years, basically, on Twitter. And she turned me down oh. for like four years on Twitter until we finally met up. Until you said, listen to this podcast. <laughs> Hang on, oh, you're, yeah, just a, you're just a picture of Daffy Duck. <laughs> yes, I know. You, no one's got a personality on Twitter. Yeah, but clearly, I. well, this is, well, yeah. She used to tell everybody that um, whenever she posted something on, on Twitter, she'd always say to her workmates, if she posted, like, say, a survey that she'd put up for her work on, on, on Twitter, she, she'd have a bet with her mates at work going, right, which one of these two fucking people is going to reply to me the quickest? And it would be me or one of these, some other Twitter So you were users. basically a laughing stock of her <clears throat> Basically, she hated me, yeah. She was like, he fucking replies to everything. <laughs> He, he, he analyzes my surveys when I put them on and says, you realize these <laughs> options don't quite make sense? You're missing an option D for this purpose that you've missed out and like correct. That's like it. a school bully sort of scenario where you actually <laughs> well, have it, you're bullying Well, I, I, totally unintentionally, but apparently she used to get really annoyed at that. <laughs> and then when yeah. we started going out and, she, and people were like, oh, who is it? Who's this guy you got out with finally? And she's like, it's true off Twitter she goes what I you mean that, that guy off Twitter who you fucking hated and who used to yeah. really annoy you and she's like yeah he's brilliant <laughs> she could have oh. killed you it could have been one of those Twitter deaths <laughs> one of those Twitter deaths <laughs> you know them Twitter deaths happen all the time happen all the time those Twitter deaths that's a really weird sort of ending isn't it <laughs> but it's she, she's kind of she, she actually invited me out you know, I didn't wear her down. She, I kind of. What's well, she doing She'd been having a bad time, and I sent a poster to her work to cheer her up. Um, oh. And she thought that was a really nice thing. Mob. <laughs> what? <laughs> I bet it was like a massive A1 picture of your penis. <laughs> oh god. On a set. Close. Very. Wow. Close. It was actually a Garth Marenghi poster, but. Pretty close. I love Garth Marenghi. Yeah, and so does she, and so do I, and... Ian Hubbard so well. I think it's I pronounced like Meringue. No, it's, it's Meringue. Okay. It's Garth Meringue. Has she watched, uh, has she watched uh, Garth Meringue's Dark Place? Yeah, yeah. Not enough people have seen that, Don. Not enough people have seen that, and... Uh, Gareth. Everyone in that show has been on things like the IT crowd, except for the guy who was Garth Meringue. He's disappeared. No one knows where he is. I don't know what he does. Um, well, he was in an episode of The Office, wasn't he? He was the IT guy. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Talking to uh, he's been in Man to Man with Dean Lerner. I uh, don't know if you saw that. Did see that. Get her that DVD, Don. She'll love it. Excellent. He basically uh, plays oh. different characters each week on a sort of chat show. Yeah. 
Awesome. All right, sorry about this, Gareth. It's all right. You could say we've been building up. Who's sitting right next to a motorway? Me. Go on, Don. It's terrible. Or my um, outside my, of house. Outside my house is not really a main road, but it, it it's just a road that leads through everywhere. So all the cars go through, and and for some reason there is fuck all um, insulation from like my windows. They keep the heat in and the cold out, but no sound. Sound just comes and goes through as it fucking pleases. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's really annoying first thing in the morning, like 6.30, when cars first start waking you up. It's like, fuck off. I need to be asleep yeah. for the four hours. Anyway, I've forgotten what um, we had started talking uh, Basically, about. we're waiting for Gareth to pipe in and say what he's been playing this week. Oh, has he not done his bit yet? God, it's simple. No, he hasn't, has he? It's weird. <laughs> Uh, I've not really been playing much this week. Oh, that's okay. Well, that's cool. Bye, bye, everybody. Thanks for coming. <laughs> We're finding out a lot about Don this week. Yeah. It seems that he's opened up a lot since Italy. Italy. Italia. Yeah. Did you know about her um, twins while you were on Twitter? Oh, yeah. She's posted loads of pictures and stuff. Yeah, I suppose you had to go from another direction didn't you because you were never going to succeed with a head on attack <laughs> well to it, it took, took four years and she eventually uh, you know, asked me out and um, on a complete non-date she made it really clear this is not a date I've just decided after four fucking years we should probably go for a drink that was that's it that's a good way I like that story that should be a Disney film <laughs> <laughs> But there you go. It's fantastic. Well, that's it for this week, Gareth. Uh, we all like you. Oh, we like Don as well. Oh. Grazie. <laughs> uh, well, join us next week. Hopefully, Don would have lost his Italian accent that he's picked up. Gareth Brilliant. Gareth will be back with his klaxon. Gareth's klaxon is now more popular than Gareth is. So uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, you could call it my Jeremy Claxon. Give yourself a Claxon, Gareth. That's the whole point. What? No, because I don't want to milk it. I suppose you only used it twice today, so next week I'm hoping for double the Claxon. Oh. Okay? We'll see. Well then, everyone, thank you for listening to the Game Central Podcast episode for Suke, and we hope to hear back from you next week. If you want to get in a relationship with Don, go on Twitter. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> Ciao, Bella. Listen to this. <laughs>